In this service, we're continuing our Come to the Table series on the Gospel of Luke. In this series, we've been looking at different texts in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus has shared meals with people, where he has received or practiced hospitality. And I I have to admit, this is a bit of a strange dynamic to be continuing to talk about hospitality when we're in a time of, of social distancing and being told, stay away from people, don't be hospitable, don't eat with people. But I think these messages, these messages from these texts of of Jesus' hospitality continue to be important to us in these times. And let me give you just a couple reasons. There are many, but let me give you just a couple. First, as the the question and answer of the Heidelberg Catechism reminded us a moment ago, we continue to desperately need the hospitality of the Lord. We need the comfort that the Lord brings us. We need the Lord to draw us into His presence and to assure us that we belong to Him, that He cares for us all the time. And second, in times of crisis, we're tempted to shut down. We're tempted to care about ourselves and about those close to us and and to shut out the rest of the world. And, And there's some good to that. We do have a special obligation to care for our loved ones, But we as believers are called and we're equipped and we're empowered to do more than that. Even in these times and in the hard times that may lay ahead, we are still called to practice the hospitality of the Christian life. And so as we read and reflect on this text, be reminded that the Lord welcomes us in and cares for us. And also let's be challenged to to think about, to reflect, to pray, to work toward extending true hospitality to those around us. Let's read from chapter Luke uh, from Luke chapter 14 from verse 7 to 14. When this text begins, Jesus is at a banquet. When Jesus noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this man your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous." As this text opens, Jesus invites his fellow guests and all those who hear these words of his to reflect on where they're placing themselves. And so we'll start with that question for ourselves too. Where, where do we place ourselves? Angela Johnson is a Christian comedian and she has a story she tells that she calls Dinner with a Random Thug in South Central. And Angela's in the L.A. area, and there's this really, really good taco shop she knows of in South Central. 
And in her words, South Central is one of those places you drive through, not one of those places you drive to. But see, this one place there has really, really good tacos. So she decides late one night on the way home that she wants some tacos, and so she's going to go to South Central to get the food she wants. Now, we're going to come back to that story a couple times through the sermon, but I want to pause here, and I want to ask you to reflect on your own reaction to just, just that little bit of the story. And I would guess there's some of us who have said, that is crazy. Why in the world would you put yourself somewhere where you're not safe like that? Drive through the place. Don't go there. And I would guess on the other end, there might be some of us who say, yeah, do what you want to do. You want those tacos, you get those tacos. That's what I would do. And others of us might have other reactions. But, but I think if you consider your, your initial reaction, you might realize that a lot, of, a lot of your initial responses and a lot of my initial responses, a lot of our initial responses to situations that we encounter in life are self-centered and self-exalting. How often in life do some of us think, I will keep myself safe. Trouble will not come near me. I will not go anywhere. I will not do anything that threatens my safety. And how often do others of us live our lives according to the principle of, I want what I want and I'm going to get what I want and I don't care if it's dangerous or crazy or who tries to get in my way. I want what I want. And each of us works this out differently, but I think it'd be fair to say that a lot of the time, a lot of us are pretty self-centered. We want what's best for ourselves. We put ourselves in the position that we think is going to benefit us the most. We, we seek the best seat at the table. And in this text, Jesus calls us out. He calls us out for that tendency to self-exaltation. Jesus is at a banquet, and as he, as he stands and watches, all the other guests are engaged in this delicate, unspoken negotiation about who's going to sit where. And that was always how it went at banquets in those days. The, the host usually got the center seat, and often there was kind of a U-shaped table, and the seats next to the host were the seats of honor. The most important guests would sit there, and, and then the kind of important guests would sit a little bit farther out, and it would go down and down and down until the least prestigious, the least honored guests got the seats at the end of the table, farthest away from the host. And so if you were a guest at one of these dinner parties, you had to figure out how important you were in relationship to everybody else there. And in those days, your honor, your prestige, your social standing was the most important thing you had for a lot of people. And so you needed to get this right because you were always trying to build up your own prestige and keep other people down, but not offend people who were more important than you. So everyone kind of had to figure out, well, I'm more important than those people, so I can be kind of in the middle, but I'm less important than those people, so I should be here and then usually the most important couple guests wouldn't arrive till later, so you had to factor that in. So, so Jesus watches these people wander and think about where should I place myself. And they're all trying to get the best possible seat, 
but they realize that they have to be a little bit cautious and, and sort of hedge their bets and, and put themselves somewhere that's maybe a little bit of a stretch, but not too much. You have to figure out how to maximize your own honor, your own prestige. But then Jesus comes in and it's almost like he just flips over all the tables. He upends that whole system. The system is built on self-exaltation, on everyone grabbing as much as they can. And Jesus says, stop it and go the other way. Instead of asking how high up you can sit, ask how you can help others to get places of higher honor. Put your own desires to the side and let someone else have the seat of honor at this banquet. Because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and everyone who humbles themselves will be exalted. So then the question, the question for us is where do we place ourselves? And this question is not actually about where we're sitting. I don't care where you sit at your dinner table. I really don't. But where's your heart? Where are you placing yourselves when you look at other people? Are you looking at yourself and saying, ha, I'm better than them? Or are you looking at other people and saying, boy, I wish I could get up to that level? When you look at other people, are you looking down at them? Are you, are you placing yourself above them? Are you exalting yourself? Or are you humbling yourself? Where are you putting yourself In the second half of this text, Jesus instructs us to sit with the needy, to sit with those who are less privileged than we are. And Jesus tells the host of this banquet, and he tells us that when we give a meal, when we have a party, we shouldn't invite those who are like us, those who could potentially pay the favor back, but instead we should invite the needy. We should sit with the poor the crippled, the blind, the lame. Back then, these banquets weren't really about the meal. They were about the investment. If you hosted one of these banquets, you were, you were investing. You were trying to develop social capital so that people who were lower than you would owe you, so that you could demand things of them, so that you could put them in, in almost a servant relationship. And you invited people who were more important than you so that, so that they would look kindly on you and they might do you a favor, they might invite you back and then you could invite other people of a higher social caliber. These were business concerns. They were opportunities to advance yourself. And again, Jesus turns all that over. He's not saying don't eat with your family and friends or anything like that. What he is saying is Invest your social capital in people who can't pay you back. When you choose how to organize your life, organize it in a way so that you build others up without concern for what you do to your own social standing. Sit with the needy. And if that sounds challenging for us, it sounded even more challenging back then. So Angela... She goes to that taco shop in South Central L.A., and she gets there, and she gets out of her car, and she locks the car, and then she turns around, and there's a guy sitting right there. And he's, he's got a, 
wife beater tank top on and big baggy sweatpants and he's got carpet slippers on like you know the house slippers you wear that look kind of like carpet or corduroy and and Angela's first thought is he's gonna kill me he's gonna kill me she tries to walk by and the guy says hey and she says hi and she keeps walking he says hey and she's thinking he's gonna kill me what he's gonna what he says hey buy me a taco okay he just wants a taco it's fine it's fine yeah sure I'll buy you a taco So she walks up to the restaurant, and this restaurant has bulletproof glass, and the door is always locked, and the only way you get in is by pushing the doorbell, and if they think you look safe, they'll buzz you in. So she pushes the button, they buzz her in, she opens the door, she walks in, and she realizes this guy has walked in right behind her. And again, she's thinking, he's going to kill me, he's going to rob us all, what am I doing? But then he yells, hey, chicken taco with sour cream, and he goes and he sits down. She thinks, okay. He just wants food. So she goes and she orders him a chicken taco with sour cream. And and then she remembers that's her favorite too. So she orders the same thing and she takes the two orders. She gets a couple sodas and she goes and she sits down with the guy. And somehow they end up at this table just having a great meal and a great conversation. Sitting with the needy sounds really scary. Connecting with the poor the blind, the lame, the outcast, the disadvantaged can be intimidating. But when we actually take those steps, good things can happen. Good things do happen. These days, as we've already prayed and mentioned in this service, and as we all know, we're in a hard place. And one of the challenges is that we cannot literally sit with the needy these days. It's rude to actually go and sit by somebody we don't know. We're, we're supposed to keep our social distance. We're supposed to stay away from people. And so there's a sense where a lot of the things we could usually do to, to care for the disadvantaged, we can't do right now. But this is also a time to, to really ramp up our practices of hospitality. If you know somebody who's kind of on the edge of the social network, If you know somebody who might be always a bit isolated, but now is especially isolated, now is a great time to pick up the phone and shoot them a text or give them a call or or video chat or send an email or do something to connect with those who might otherwise be, be isolated, be lonely, be alone. We can find ways to connect and that, that right now is a witness to true Christian hospitality. And then along with that, along with that, however the next few weeks and months go, and there's all kinds of predicted futures out there, and none of us know what it's going to look like, but I think we can say for sure that there will be sickness in our culture ahead, and there will be economic challenges, and and there will be trouble. It may be bigger or it may be smaller, but there will be trouble and there will be need. And so even now as you look ahead, Be praying, be thinking, be reflecting on how you, on how each of us, how all of us together as a church can be sitting with the needy. If you happen to to have some extra income these days, then maybe you could put it away to, to help those who are in need now or who will be in need down the road. If you've got some time to reflect and reflect on ways that you might be able to serve now and might be able to serve later. That might mean giving some some extra money to 
to our benevolence fund, to our general fund, or to some other mission or nonprofit organizations. It might mean running errands for the elderly right now. It, it might mean things that none of us can yet expect or predict. But in these days, let us as a church be praying and let us be preparing and let us be practicing however we can that we sit with the needy because that is who we are as Jesus' people. For our third and our last point today, we're going to focus on one of Jesus' promises in this text. And so our last point is going to be, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. And I put that on the screen with some question marks and exclamation mark, and you'll see why in a little bit. Jesus tells us to give to those in need, to, to give to those who can't pay us back, to care for the disadvantaged. And after that, he says, and you will be blessed. You will be blessed. And even though they can't repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Lord assures us that, that our service is never in vain. That when we engage with those who are in need, we are blessed. And there is great hope and also great challenge there. So Angela brings these tacos over to the table and she and this guy begin talking. And before long, it kind of feels like they're on their first date. He's asking all the right questions. He's, he's really sharing deep things with her. They're laughing together. They're sharing hopes and dreams. They have this wonderful meal together. It's turning into a great evening. And then at one point, Angela says, you know, this is, this is really embarrassing. It's kind of funny, but it's really embarrassing. But, but when I first saw you, when we first came in, I really thought like you were going to rob me or something. And the guy looks at her and, and he takes his last bite of taco. And then he says, you know, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Mm-hmm. And now, dramatic pause, now you're going to give me that purse. And he grabs her purse, and he stands up, and he runs out of the taco shop, jumps a fence, and he's gone with all her money, her cell phone, everything. And she sits there and has a fit. What? That was a terrible date. And you know, you know, that's how a lot of stories of us trying to help people end in this life. When we sit with the needy, we make ourselves vulnerable. And we can help and help and help, and we can give and give and give. And sometimes we see wonderful results, but often in this world, we do not. We do our best to help people have better lives and, and they betray us and they, they walk out on all the help we've given them and they keep making choices that we just find incomprehensible. We give and we give and we give and everything ends up falling apart and going backwards. The world, the world does not guarantee that we will be blessed when we serve those in need. And we are, well, we are misinformed and we are foolish if we think that helping people will always look good for us in the here and now. We, 
We are mistaken if we think that we will be blessed and we'll feel good about it every time that we sit down with someone who's needy. Sometimes we will, but often all we'll receive back is indifference or hostility or even some level of harm. That's how life works. And it's not hopeless because that's how Jesus' life worked too. Think of Jesus telling these stories, telling these parables, being at this banquet, and he knows what's coming. He knows what his future will look like, and and what his future looks like is humiliating. He won't just be at the bottom table at the banquet. He will be unjustly convicted. He will be put in the status of a hopeless, rejected criminal. He will give and give and give to the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind and everybody who comes to him. And we human beings, and we are all part of this. Don't don't think we today are exempt. But we human beings, we will take and take and take from Jesus. And in the end, in the end we take his life. Jesus came to bless all of us and we human beings took his very life. This is the road that Jesus walked for us. Jesus humbled himself to the point of humiliation. Jesus gave his life for those who could not and would not repay him. And that reality gives us hope for ourselves. It gives us hope that no matter how bad we are, the Lord takes care of us. And what's more, it gives us a road to walk to serve others. When we hear how Jesus when we hear how Jesus speaks to the people in this text, we should feel uncomfortable. We should hear Jesus calling us into difficult and broken places. We should hear Jesus telling us to to plan on giving more than we can afford. But along with that Jesus gives us something more. Remember that Jesus says in this text, those who humble themselves will be exalted. And he tells us that we will be blessed if we give to those who can't repay and that we will be repaid. And those those sentences, we will be exalted, we will be repaid, Jesus is telling us that the Lord himself guarantees those things. When we invest in the Lord's work, He guarantees that we will be repaid. The Christian life is never a short-term investment. We do not always see the dividends we want to see in this life, but the Lord always takes care of us. When we invest in giving to the needy, when we invest in following Jesus' commands to sit with the poor, then we have a 100% guaranteed return on the investment that the Lord will repay us. So as a church, I hope we can take these steps together. I hope and pray that we can place others before ourselves. I hope and pray that we can truly, even in these difficult times, sit with the needy. And I know and I trust that the Lord will bless us as we serve Him and forever. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for all that you have given to us. And Lord, we pray that you give us the resources that we need to be humble, to give of what we have to others, 
and to trust that you will provide everything that we need. In these hard times, we turn to you for everything. And we give you thanks that you are our comfort and our hope. Amen.